everyone, you're listening to The Magic Hour. Today we're talking about sleep, human design, and radical commitment with Psychic Channel AC Brown. She's a human design expert, teaches about spiritual development, and might become your favorite human design bae. And she's here to share her wealth of knowledge on the magic of sleep, human design, and how a commitment to spiritual development can literally change your life. Are you ready to make magic? Hey everybody, Shireen here. Welcome to The Magic Hour. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Magic Hour drops every Sunday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found over at mylittlemagicshop.com, our official sponsor. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, Spotify, or iTunes. You can also follow me on Instagram at mylittlemagicshop and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Our guest today, Psychic Channel, Sleep Master, and Human Design Bay, AC Brown. Welcome, AC. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? Like, what was your upbringing like? Well, I'm originally from the suburbs of Queens, New York, born and raised in Queens, St. Albans, Jamaica Estates, Cambridge Heights area all over a little bit. I even lived in Roosevelt Island. For those of you familiar in New York, yes, the place where they had the tram. I lived there for a while. And then I moved to New Jersey closer to my like later years in high school. And I did college in New Jersey. And then I was back and forth between New York and New Jersey for a while. And then about nine and a half years ago, I moved to the DC area and I've been been here for about nine and a half years. I love that. And I, I'm from, I was born in Queens and, but raised in Maryland. So I feel like oh, we're kind of really like, we flipped there. Awesome. I love that. So like, tell me a little bit more about like what, you know, like what type of environment did you grow up in? Like what was your family particularly spiritual or like religious or, you know, like, was it a household that was like, you know, they didn't really believe in much of anything. What was that like? So my family was actually a little bit of both, but more spiritual than religious. My grandmother and my mother's side of the family, everybody's Catholic per se. That's the background. Catholic, everybody went to Catholic school or private school. And my, but my grandmother was very, very spiritual. So she noticed as a young age that I had, you know, what the people in the South call as the gift, you know, she has the gift, you know, the gift of sight or something, whatever. And my grandma, I actually, you know, looking back and when I do podcasts, interviews or talk to people, I was actually pretty lucky because a lot of my premonitions or things came through dreams. And so I remember in the morning time when I was at my grandmother's house talking to her about my dreams and then she would get out her notebook and then she would write down different symbols and different numbers and different things. And she would ask me questions. I didn't know that she was in a way training me since I was a kid about stuff because some of her prompting, you know, I would have have this dream and I would be frazzled by it. And then she'd just be like, calm down. And I remember her like either making me tea or making me something to eat. Then we just talk about it. And she would just say, well, did you see what they looked like? Did you see this? What color was the house? All of this, like all of these things. And we would just have conversations. I guess I was being trained for what I do now, unbeknownst to me. And so my childhood was very, not necessarily that everybody talked about it, but it was always something that was always underlined, kind of known. Wow, that's so beautiful because I think that often more traditional households or just culturally, like dreams are kind of like dismissed, you know, like, oh, you had a nightmare. What'd you eat? 
sleep before bed, you know, (laughs) or like things, you know, things like that. And I think that that's so beautiful because dreams are such a wonderful like gateway into the soul and to like, you know, self-actualization. So being taught at a young age to not have fear around your dreams and that, you know, like understanding the symbolism and understanding the importance of like noticing detail and, you know, recording that information that's that's just so powerful and beautiful to learn from such a young age. So I'm like, your grandmother is awesome. (laughs) She was. Yes, she was very awesome. Now that, you know, like you had like this sort of spiritual coaching from a dreams perspective, was there, you know, growing up, was there anything else that, you know, kind of led you to kind of go along this path? Did you know that you wanted to, you know, be a healer or work with healing? Or is it something you kind of came into? I ran away from it for a while because it was almost like a knowing because I'm a channel, I would always pick up things, whether it would be someone from the other side or something about the people who I was in space with, but I would always be of knowing of something or I would hear something or I would see something. People ask me now, well, how does it work for you? You know, I have friends who their spiritual gifts work very differently. Mine, I can be standing next to somebody And then all of a sudden, like a background track starts playing or I'll start seeing images of things about them and stuff like that and picking up stuff. That's always been something that's been with me. And I think when I was a teenager, I used to have a lot of really out of body experiences. That's when I started astral projecting a lot. Mm -hmm. And that actually prompted me with my sleep issues because I was afraid to go to sleep. Um, it was because of something spiritual because I, I was astral projecting. Mm-hmm. And one particular night that I was astral projecting, um, I guess when I was coming back into my body, um, I was I woke up and I saw a dark cloud over me. And then all of a sudden, like I, my whole body was paralyzed mm-hmm. and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't speak. And then I was just like a big like, <gasps> like a big gasp. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, what happened? And then I was like, I never want to experience that again. So that's when I started taking over-the-counter sleep medications to which led to my sleep problems, which fast forward, which prompted me to start my sleep company. Wow. Wow. Wait, I want to dig into that a little bit though. Just, just can you clarify for my listeners and viewers who have never heard this term astral projection before or have heard it, but need a little bit more clarification. Can you explain to them what that means? Right. So it's when you're in a sleep state where your soul projects from your human body and can go through different realms. It's a very ethereal kind of state. It actually, to be honest, when you actually do it properly or when you're used to it, it actually feels really good. The state that you're in where you are actually removed from your body, you can actually look at yourself while you're sleeping and you can go through the wall. Um, You can go through different realms of things and different scenes um, and you can find out information, all of that stuff. You can Mm -hmm. see the future. There's tons of things. So that's what that is. But then there is a point where you come back into your body. And depending on how used to you're doing that and consciously or unconsciously can affect what happens in that merging. And I'm sure a a few people, I mean, I hear that it's pretty common for people to experience sleep paralysis. I feel like, you know, for the most part, people do travel, their soul does travel when they dream, but it's just a matter of like being conscious of it. So like a lot of times we're not conscious of what our soul is up to 
during these sleeping moments. And like sometimes people that re when that reconnection happens, you know, it happens so quickly or in a way where you're not, you wake up before you're fully reconnected and like sleep paralysis happens. And I know that that's fairly common um, for some people. So you experience this and needless to say, it scared the crap out of you. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I was like, oh no, I don't want to deal with this. Mind you, because it was I was in high school. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. I have to get up in the morning. And so that prompted me to, you know, taking over the counter sleep medications, you know, like the Tylenol PMs, the Advil PMs, Benadryl. you know, right. Benadryl, everyone's favorite um, to go to bed and to relax so I can bypass that. And so by the time I got to college, I was addicted to sleep medications. I couldn't really sleep without them. I was probably on two and a half to, yeah, almost three Tylenol or, you know, Advil PMs um, at night. And so I would take those and then, you know, I was doing that for a long time. And yeah. then when my grandmother passed away, I went into a depression. And then that's when, you know, I started going to therapy. Then I got the good stuff, the, you know, the real prescription sleep medication that like, yes. And so then it became kind of, I just couldn't sleep without anything. And my mom, she pretty much had an intervention. She was just like, listen, you need to stop that. You need to figure out how to sleep better without taking these pills. And so that's when I started researching things and I weaned myself off of them um, myself. And I created things, you know, teas, tinctures. I learned about fragrance, to fragrance blending classes. And at the time, I just wasn't really into starting a business doing it. And so I just shelved it. And then fast forward a few years later, I was going through a breakup, I was having trouble sleeping. And I was just like, um, I need to find those recipes. And so I did and I started, you know, getting myself back on them. And I was like up at night, like, hmm, I wonder if anybody has this idea that I want to do. And nobody did. Yeah. And so I went ahead and brought the domain name. And then I launched three months later. You were able to take this problem you had and like, you know, cre basically create a solution. It really started with just like, how do I get, you know, enough rest at night? And, you know, do so in a really healthy way or like a way that doesn't damage my body. Kind of off topic, but on topic question I have is like, did you find that during that time period where you were taking like all of these, you know, traditional pharmaceuticals to fall asleep, did it, how did it affect your dreams? Did you stop dreaming? Were you I stopped dreaming. Wow. Into just like entirely. Not complete. There will be some times where I would dream, but I wouldn't remember them, but I st I'd stopped dreaming. So for me, when I take sleep medications, I don't remember my dreams. Interesting. And then, so then you created these beautiful things, which we'll talk a little bit about in a little bit, but that kind of did, didn't, did your dreams just like come flooding back? Did they normalize? Like what happened? My dreams have, I'm a reoccurring dream person, or I'm someone who can sort of command my dreams to activate mm -hmm. so for me it really depends on the season that I'm in it depends on what's going on in my life so it was never like it was like a rush of like dreaming coming back in it was just more of a better quality of sleep being more in tune with my body etc 
Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about uh, Goodnight Darling. I went to the site. It's beautiful. And it's also, just want to point out, it was on Beyonce's website. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> congratulations. I'm sure that that's a fantastic accomplishment. But tell me a little bit more about, you know, like the types of products. Like what's your favorite thing that is on there that you personally use that just, you know, knocks you right out? I would probably say the fade to black tea. I just took that last night because I was having trouble sleeping. So I was like, let me just make some tea. The fade to black tea. I also sell a tincture, but it takes a long time to make because it's a real true tincture. So it takes about six to eight weeks to make that the proper way. Because a lot of, well, you know, I'm sure you, maybe you know or not, but tinctures of what they're saying are tinctures now, if they have oil or glycerin in them. They're not really tinctures. They're actually elixirs. Mm -hmm. Um, A true tincture has to have alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. That's what a true tincture is. So the tincture that I make does have alcohol in it and it takes six to eight weeks to extract the medicinal purposes from the, the roots and the plants that I use. So it takes a long time, but that is something that really works really well. I love my deep detox bath soaks, you know, to have ritual and have your bath. And also too, I love our pillow spray that we have that helps just set the tone and set the mood because when it comes to sleep, it's really about rituals and training your body to sleep. What a lot of people don't know is when when you actually do get tired, your body is actually tired an hour to two hours prior to that. But because we're so used to going and going and going, that it, that feeling of sleepy or tired doesn't catch up to us until that actual moment. That's so interesting. I feel like when I was taught to make a tincture, we use vodka. Yeah, that's what I use is vodka. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Um, but I didn't know that that was the difference between a tincture and an elixir. Was, right. Was using um, was was using like glycerol. Glycerin or any type of oil or anything that is not a tincture. So people are marketing CBD tinctures and all of that stuff. They're not real tinctures. A tincture has to use alcohol. Um, That's what the actual tincture definition is, extracting medicinal purpose from plants, roots, things like that. And, and I really love what you say about getting to sleep is very ritualistic. Most people probably do have rituals, you know, to go to sleep, but are those good rituals to help for a wonderful night's sleep? So tell me a little bit about your sleep ritual. What does that look like? Well, mine looks like after I walk my dog, I have a Frenchie. Um, I usually either make tea or depending on the day. And if I have alcohol, I might have a glass of, I love sparkling wine. So champagne or <laughs> some, you know, cava or something like that, or maybe Prosecco. I'm not, you know, it just yeah. depends. So I'll have a glass of that. And then, you know, I'll check my last emails. Then I'll either take a bath or a shower and then I'll play like a meditation track or I will actually fall asleep sometimes listening to it's like a motivational message and then that'll be my ritual I feel like often you know like at least even at this at my little magic shop we talk a lot about rituals we're like we're all about rituals but we we focus a lot more on like morning rituals or like intention specific rituals but you know a sleep ritual or like a getting ready for bed ritual I think is, is equally as powerful and probably not as talked about same way but like I'm just like envisioning like you know you're listening to this really powerful 
affirmations or meditative music or whatever it is before you go to sleep like what a wonderful way to kind of like you know settle yourself into the dream world and like we talk so much about you know doing that as soon as we wake up but imagine if you did both it just sounds so powerful to me yeah it's it's it does wonders just to kind of like calm your mind and to just like get your body into the state of relaxation. Oh, I love that. Now I'm like, I need a nighttime ritual. (laughs) We're going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm pretty sure you probably thought about this. So you're also a human design expert. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to human design and sleep, are there like certain ways of going to sleep or sleep rituals that are really great for certain types of human design? People? There are, and it just totally depends on your lifestyle. So there are five aura types. So there are generators and manifesting generators, which make up 70% of the population. And that's because they are, they like to say the worker bees, but what they are is that generators and manifesting generators, they have sustainable energy. So they can sustain and create energy on their own. Then you have the non-sacral authority people who are manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. We do not have any sustainable energy. In most cases, and you'll hear if you're into human design or even doing your research on it, you will hear that projectors should sleep by themselves because so we can, you know, relax. It is true because, you know, I've been in relationships with manifest a generator men and generator men I can't sleep when I'm around them because they pretty much kind of refuel off of me and which keeps me up and keeps me awake they say that non-sacral energy people should sleep alone um at times so we can you know actually rest but you know you can't control that if you fall in love with someone who's not like that so there are different things that you can do so troubleshooting i always tell non-sacral people which are projectors manifestors and reflectors to try and go to sleep first before your spouse um so you can go to sleep first and then when they come in it won't be interrupted now you had me thinking about Barack Obama and Michelle Obama because Michelle Obama's a generator and yes. a projector and I'm just like hmm, I wonder how that worked <laughs> I'm sure he probably didn't sleep anyway I mean he probably stressed out I mean he was stressed anyway <laughs> during the whole eight years so I'm yeah. sure he's got sleep now yeah yeah I love this thank you so much for clarifying you know about the different types and um, for the folks that are just coming into human design and learning a little bit more about it, I know we like kind of jumped ahead and went over the types, but can we just take a step back and just tell them a little bit about your perception or your description, explanation of what human design is? Yes. Through all, even though I have that side, you know, the side business, you know, my first love, my first priority for my soul work and my purpose is for me being a psychic channel, a spiritual guide, teacher, leader all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, everybody's favorite human design, but I like to say I've been in the system or I started learning and training how to read charts and incorporate it into my work about 10 years ago. So I've been in the, if you want to say the human design system or experiment for a very long time, I like to say the human design for me is like a tarot card because I have a psychic element already in the work that I do. I use human design as an, an addition, but I like to say when you think about human design and you think about astrology, because those are the two big things. And the reason why human design people are, it's on this up wave, which is great. Astrology is ancient. 
that's very, very old. Astrology is not going to go anywhere because we have that in our system in general. It's something that does deals with the stars, the planets, all of that stuff. Human design, even though it was downloaded and it is very uh, truthful because it uses your birthday and time. So all of that stuff, it's fairly new. It only was downloaded and created in the 80s. That's a very short time. It goes in and out of these waves, but I'm glad to see it's on its upswing because it's so helpful. And my analogy for human design and astrology is if you think about a finished piece of Ikea furniture, because everybody's built something from Ikea, you know, that's just what it is. Ikea should sponsor me, actually, because I've always... (laughs) tell them use this as an analogy right Ikea sponsor me think about it as a your natal chart as a finished piece of Ikea furniture human design is the little instruction booklet that's the easiest way to think about it so human design is a combination of astrology metaphysics the I Ching Kabbalah system, the chakra system, and human design are the directions on how you fulfill your purpose and your destiny. It gives you a set of tools to say, this is how I'm always going to stay in alignment based off of who I am to where I won't force things and I will only flow with things to bring things to me and to fulfill those things that will lead me closer to my destiny, finding my purpose, doing the things that I love to do. Oh, what a wonderful explanation. I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it so succinctly. And I really love that you threw in the tarot card, you know, um, observation, just because I, I'm an astrologer, I've been an astrologer for like, I don't remember for like, at least like 13 years or so. And so I'm like, you know, been doing it for a while. But I do think so much of like, when I look at a chart, like it does give me like, access to my intuition, to be able to pull in additional information, I feel very guided but it kind of like, it does kind of like signal that said like that connection. So, and I've never heard someone describe, describe it that way. So I I think that that's, that's really, really beautiful. I'm curious, which house system do you use? I use Placidus. Really? Interesting. Okay. Which one do you prefer? Whole sign. I played around because there, there's also Coke. I, I think it's called Coke. It's K O C H. Yeah, K O C H. I don't know how I'm pronouncing either. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I've tried that one before, but I found the most accuracy with Placidus. I have a theory about that if you want to hear it. <laughs> Give it to me. So, my belief is this is my belief, and maybe you can try this, just see with okay. some of your clients and just do some research that Placidus applies very well and is more accurate when you are under 30. As you start going over 30, I found that whole sign was a lot more accurate to the way I was evolving to even reading charts now to the way clients were evolving. It just was a lot more solid. But under 30, Placidus all the way down, relate to it. That was my life. But looking back and comparing the charts, I'm in my whole sign. Interesting. It's so fascinating. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit. Just look into it a little bit. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so funny because, you know, as, and you would probably understand this too, because you, sounds like you know enough astrology. I find myself looking a lot more at angles and houses is like second, like secondary information. That's why I'm telling you to (laughs) think of, yes. That's why I'm saying, look at your whole sign. 
and look at some of the transits that are coming up. Look at some of the transits that have happened in the past. Just take a look at it. I promise you, you might be a little shocked and you might be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Okay, I love it. I love it because yeah. I'm like, yeah, clearly, I'm over thirty because I'm all for this. Otherwise, yes. I'm, like, I'm not thirty yet. <laughs> right, right. So that's what, that's why what I'm saying under thirty. Yeah. I think it's Placidus is spot on. It it's helpful. It helps me. But as I was getting older, I felt like when I was reading about different trances that were happening, Placidus house wise, it just was off. And then a friend of mine, and this was a lot a few years ago, she was like, listen, just try some whole house stuff. And then I was, as I did my whole house chart over, I was like, this makes complete sense. This is why. And then as the transits, especially now with the, you know, the great conjunction, Mm -hmm. Jupiter, Saturn, I already have Jupiter, Saturn conjunct natally in my chart Mm -hmm. at the same degrees, seven degrees in Libra in my 11th house, whole sound, whole sign wise. And Mm -hmm. so as this trans, it just, just look into it. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be the whole whole sign like on my soapbox. Like switch to whole sign. Like, but it will. It's vastly different. And then you have another whole group of people who are huge into sidereal, who are just like, yeah. yeah that's so and I'm just like, that's too much. That's too yeah, much. Right? Yeah. And for those of y'all listening, like astrology is like she said, it's super old. So like there are just so many different ways. And then there's like, you know, like Eastern versus Western. There's like, there's just so many different levels of astrology. And I feel like as an astrologer, you realize very early on that it will be a commitment to learn your entire life because Correct. there will always always be something you didn't think or explore enough and you or you discover or another way of looking at it for you to continue your learning journey so like I'm super happy thank you for sharing that that's just super fascinating you are so welcome okay going back to human design right going back to human design I do wonder if I would have started with human design, if I would have been more interested in diving deeper because I had the human design book. I did a bunch of intuition development classes and worked with a teacher that started working with human design 10 years ago or so. And he's really great. But it's like for some reason, there was a wall that I... So a wall that I put up. And it's only because human design is not as publicly out there like astrology. And so that was when I started really publicly facing myself as a human design person. That was one of my goals is I need to make it relatable, especially for my people. And I want people to have access to it in a relatable way. So me starting my podcast for everything like that was, and that's my mission going forward is to make it relatable and to, and I've always been a practical person. Like, let me show people how to use this, how it actually makes sense, not just a bunch of information gathering because we do that in all of these modalities. And so it's just more about figuring out how to use it and to apply it to your life. So using it in business, using it in love, relationships, for communication on teams, that's where I really shine at in what is my, you know, zone of genius 
when it comes to human design. Yeah, that makes complete sense. You know, like I, I realized that I probably chose astrology because I like the predictive stuff. And I, I found that with human design, I can't really predict as much. You can't. <laughs> you can't. My, my wall. But I mean, at the time, I didn't understand that. So I put the wall up. But I think that now that as I'm getting older, I have a much more deeper appreciation for it. And especially for people like you who are out there, you know, really making it um, relatable as well as usable and applicable because often like like you said like we get these huge data dumps of information on us like okay like you are you know like you're a manifesting generator and then this 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 chakra is open and this one's closed and you know like this gate does that blah 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 and then you're like okay that's cool but what do I do now you know like and I feel like you're you're taking it to the next level where you make these beautiful videos with you know mantras you know for different types and like it kind of you know being able to step in learn how to utilize that energy and like using the knowledge that you are gaining about yourself in a way that you can propel you forward and help you step into your magic. So I really, I really love that. Thank you. And I would say for you, if anything, since you do use predictive astrology is how you can use that for yourself being a manifesting generator is when you predict certain transits and things like that, or predictions that might happen, understanding how your strategy and authority works. So when those things do come up, you know how to respond to them. All right. So since you want to bring it to me, I'm going to take it because I have this transit coming up. I'm getting ready to go into a Pluto square. So that's all about, yeah, you're laughing. So like for those, just to break it down for y'all. So that just means that Pluto is going to be squaring my natal Pluto. So Pluto moves very, very slow. So it won't be just me. It'll be most people my age. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, That will be um, going through this, this, this transit, but it, um, Pluto energy is really about power and also step being able to step into your power own your power not abusing your power also it's you know the sign of death and you know whether that's the spiritual death and regeneration i think about like the phoenix rising well just think about it as transformation what do you want to transform yeah so as a manifesting generator how do i step into that I would say for you, so you're not all over the place doing multiple things um, with this power is to niche down and figure out what you truly want and how you truly want to be seen and show up. So you sold me. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn a little bit more (laughs) about human design because I really do love that thought process of being able to, you know, couple the two. Okay, this is in essence, who you are. And so manifesting generators, we're, you know, we, we're a little scattered sometimes. We like to do all the things. All which of I the things. Yeah, in your video. Hilarious, by the way. So I, you love to do all the things, but getting more focused. And that's definitely what, you know, all my guides have been telling me. So that resonates with me. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. So yeah, you just ease on down the road. <laughs> ease, ease, literally ease on down the road. Don't run through the road with a knife cutting everyone's head off. Ease on down the road. The best oh man, my guides are like up there cracking up right now because they're just like, see, we didn't told you. We told you this morning. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh my God. I've had so much fun talking with you so far. So we always close out an episode with a couple of, I like to call them feed your soul questions. 
And it's really just about learning a little bit more about folks that are, you know, healers and you work in wellness and put out all of this beautiful energy and magic into the world, how they care for themselves and like are able to continue to keep that cup filled, you know, so that they are able to give um, all of this wonderfulness to folks. So I have three quick questions for you. The first one is, are there any consistent activities or rituals you do to maintain a sense of inner peace? I would say between meditation and like just sitting out in nature. Those are probably the two. Even if it's cold outside, I'll go out on my balcony and I have stools there and a chair and I'll just sit there or sometimes just sit on my rug out there. And, you know, sometimes people are like, go sit in nature. And you're like, what if I live in a big city? But I love your example because like that works, you know, like it's you're in the you're still in nature, even if, you know, you know, you can't be you know, out like out there. And I'm actually I just realized I assumed that you live in um like in an apartment situation. Yes. Okay, okay. Awesome. All right. The second question is when it comes to self development, what are the books or tools that really offered you life changing discoveries? So one of the books is Worthy by Nancy Levin. Phenomenal book, life changing book that really helped with self worth. Also, it's not your money by Tosha Silver. That's a favorite. But those are the top two. Those are the top two. Okay, I love those. I'm going to definitely add those in the show notes. Third and final question is before beginning a creative process, what type of preparation do you normally undertake? I don't. I just let it like kind of move me. I get like an impulse. So it's not any specific like ritual. It's more of an impulse. That's how I know it's going to be good. If it's something like where it just stops me and I'm like, I have to do this. I have to get it done today. Then I know it's going to be good. If I get impulse, like you have to contact this person or reach out to that person or go for this particular thing. That's when I know it's going to be good. I love that. Wait, and then are you clarify for me? Like I thought in my head, you said you were a projector. Did I make that up? No, I'm a projector. Okay. That's so interesting. Cause I'm like, that sounds like such like almost like what they tell people with that are generators to do like, or manifesting generators like that energy. Right. But for me also, that's also my guides and, you know, my psychic Mm -hmm. stuff kicking in to where I'll get a thought or a vision or Mm -hmm. I get this kind of anxiousness in my body to Mm -hmm. where it's just like you need to reach out to. And, you know, I'm I'm clairvoyant and clairaudient. So I'll hear my guides and they're like, no, contact this person or you should do this. I act on that. Oh, I love that. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I'm see, I'm still learning, but I I got all the questions. (laughs) Thank you so much. I super appreciated this. This was a wonderful, magical chat. So can you please tell our listeners how they can follow you on your magical adventures? Absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram for sure at AC Brown. You can go to my podcast, which is on all podcasts, um, which is, is my aura on straight. That's the name of the podcast. You can find me on YouTube. Just look up AC Brown. My website at AC Brown. Um, And that's pretty much it. So YouTube, Instagram, podcast. Oh, I love it. Amazing. I love that title. That's a brilliant title. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Magic Hour. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to check it out at the show notes at mylittlemagicshop.com for more information on today's guest, Casey Brown. We hope to see you again next Sunday. And as always, sending you so much light, love, and magic. And remember, without a dream, you can't have a dream come true. So make sure you're out there making your own magic.